0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Beast. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, you should be aware that some elements of the plot are discussed and are likely to be spoiled for you. Enjoy.
0: Oh, hi. Hello. You're in bed. I am in bed.
1: I got a text from you earlier saying, I'm, in, I'm literally in bed with my mixer right now. I was like, that's hot.
0: That, I mean, that is my default, isn't it?
1: In bed with a mixer.
0: Exactly. Generally, the mixer of a drinks variety, but today with a mixing desk.
1: I was just about to make the exact same joke. I was going to say, you, you love to get down with some ginger beer.
0: I mean, I do love to get down with some ginger beer, ginger beer and ginger ale. Those are my favorite drinks at the moment. I think getting through yeah. the ginger ale, yeah, ginger
1: ale's good shit. Un- under-, under underrated for sure. Canada Dry, it is the kids the.
0: Oh, Canada Dry! The kids these days, they're all about their Pepsi's and their Coca Colas, and their Tizer. Kids these days love their Tizer. <laughs> yeah. They should be on the Ginger Ale, should be on the Canada Dry. That's where they should be.
1: Their Tizer and their R. White's Lemonade.
0: Oh, mate, kids these days, they love their R. White's Lemonade.
1: They're they're all secret lemonade drinkers.
0: <laughs> going down the park at night <laughs> with, with big bags full of R. White's Lemonade, drinking it and going on the swings. That's what the cool oh, kids are yeah. doing.
1: They're all kind of slightly too big for them. And you know, the, the the big swing pole is really buckling under their weight, but they're still giving it a good go.
0: They are, they're loving it. That's that's what that's what the cool kids do.
1: So I'm afraid I am gonna be eating Ben and Jerry's throughout this because I have no respect for myself or for our listeners.
0: <laughs> well, I think you have deserved Ben and Jerry's.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's late at night. It took me four hours to get home because of the fucking trains, so there we go. So this is going to be an angry episode. I'm going to be angry about everything because, you know, as a British person, there's lots to be angry about. But one of the mo- one of those main things is trains. So what happens if there's any- anything goes wrong on British trains, they all act as if it's something that has never, ever happened before. And it's the biggest catastrophe of all time when actually the amount of instances like today where the all that went wrong was some twat decided to walk on the tracks at New Malden, then... Yeah, it, you know, that's happened a hundred thousand times before, but they're always like, oh no, we couldn't possibly like have some staff on standby and pay them so that all the trains get back up and running. No, all of the literally millions of people who need to get home from work can go and fuck themselves. So, yeah, fuck you, Southwestern Railway. Fuck you. <laughs>
0: Uh trains in this country are a, an absolute nightmare. At the moment, I'm very glad I don't have to get a train into work because it would be physically impossible for me to do so. Um as of the sixteenth of February, there are no trains between <laughs> Crawley and Brighton or Lewis and uh or Lewis and Crawley, Jesus which is part really. of the Yeah. <laughs> for an entire week there are no trains. <laughs> fuck's sake they're just shutting them all down for engineering works so thankfully i don't have to get a train anymore but i used to have to get a train to work and it would not actually be possible for an entire week and then they're going to be messed up all the way through till may um off the back of it as well
1: jesus christ it's really very bad very very bad
0: remember that we are a country that is determined to leave the European yeah. Union because we can do things on our own. But unfortunately, we cannot even get public transport right. That
1: yeah, will definitely enable us to take back control of our railways, the m- most of which are owned by like Fre- the
0: French and German state. Yes, I mean maybe maybe it's all retaliation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you want to own our trains, France? We're going to make them shit. How do you like that? <laughs> we'll exactly. still pay you lots of money for it, obviously. We'll pay you
0: loads of money. We just won't provide any sort of service whatsoever.
1: So in conclusion, it's France and Germany's fault that everything here is bad. It is
0: exactly right. It's
1: Emmanuel Macron's fault that we're a nation of nostalgic racists.
0: <laughs> it is exactly his fault. Just him. Just the I
1: don't know. I don't know about you, but like right now and actually I kind of have felt this in a low-key way most of my life but right now I'm profoundly embarrassed to be British. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's me as well. Um we I mean you just got to read what people in other countries think about us at the moment. Yeah. Um whereas there was always a kind of I don't know, I'm not sure if respectability is the right word for it but there was always a kind of idea from a business standpoint that Britain was kind of like this solid dependable nation um that has gone entirely out of the window at the moment yeah and and we've kind of become something of a bizarre uncle that's had too much to drink at a wedding I suppose
1: <laughs> yeah well, and he, you know you liked him when you were younger and he bought you toys and stuff but then as you get older yeah he just starts getting drunk and ranting about immigrants and stuff and then the rest of the family go. Oh, well, you know, he's actually got a point. And then before you know it, they're all drunk as well. And you're all standing around and going, "What? what is going on? When did we stop becoming civilized, normal, sane, rational people? When did we become destructive? And then your family's kicking everything, knocking over tables and smashing windows and going, this is what they want. This is the will of the people. And you, all you can do is stand by because they're your family and you can't choose your family. You, know, you can't choose where you were born. But if, if I could, I'd definitely have chosen to be born in Canada. where i could drink canada dry all day
0: i would have chosen to be born several years earlier so i could have benefited at not being someone of my generation and make use of all of the benefits that people had before our generation was around that's what i would have i'd have a time machine
1: (laughs) oh we're throwing we're throwing time into the equation we are
0: throwing time into it right i would love to be a baby boomer with an entire welfare state based around my happiness and then I can go and piss it all up the wall and screw over the younger generations and go, Ha! How do you like it, snowflakes?
1: Yeah, but they didn't have Ben and Jerry's back then.
0: They didn't. They had benefits and <laughs> gerrymandering.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all we're going to have left after Brexit. <laughs> Um, ben and jerry's (laughs) is short for benefits and gerrymandering that is exactly
0: (laughs) that that was their original name and then they changed it because they realized that nobody liked gerrymandering (laughs) and only half the population liked benefits and the rest of them were very angry and gamony about eating an ice cream called benefits
1: yeah they, they were furious about the idea that an ice cream could be named after a thing that helps people (laughs)
0: exactly (laughs) they're they're screaming why is this not poison flavor ice cream
1: (laughs) yeah yeah if you're if you're poor or you 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 know you don't have a job or you're disabled or weak or vulnerable in any way you shouldn't be you shouldn't be allowed ice cream no exactly why
0: are you not spending your money on rice and bread and being miserable.
1: Oh, not rice. You want any of that foreign muck?
0: No, potato. No, potatoes are foreign. What do we have? We have turnips. <laughs>
1: yeah, potatoes come from Ireland, and you know the Brexit is or hate Ireland.
0: Cause... Well, origi- originally <laughs> they were American, weren't they? Potatoes were they, they? Were yeah. initially imported from America. Right. The same with corn. So you couldn't have like maize, could you? Because that's corn based.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So no maize based snacks. You couldn't have potatoes. You would no have crisps. turnips.
1: Oh, fucking turnips.
0: I mean, even chickens. Here's, here's a little food factoid for you, and, a, and an animal factoid. Chickens are actually the distant relatives of an animal that initially uh, was around the sort of area of India and Pakistan. Right. There was a kind of wildfowl from, from that area of Asia, and that eventually is, is became the chicken. So even chicken is not an indigenous European thing. We just have turnips and spite. That's all we have.
1: (laughs) The only thing that's native to this island is fucking turnips. Have you ever even (laughs) eaten turnips?
0: Well, no. I think I've had them in a stew here and there and thought they were the wrong kind of... They're they're unfortunately not bland enough to get away with the horrible taste of them. Yeah. (laughs) They're (laughs) nearly there. They're nearly bland enough to not have that awful aftertaste, but unfortunately they're not quite there
1: no they are fucking disgusting they are the worst of both worlds they've they 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 taste horrible and they have a really nasty texture as well oh yeah yeah Yeah. and that's the only thing that's native to our land (laughs) 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 yeah so in conclusion fuck everything Apart, yeah, from, we... apart from the film Beast, Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, did you
0: enjoy Beast? Uh, I, I,
1: I think I did overall. It was. Um, I don't think it's something I would ever return to, and especially towards the end, I found it really relentlessly grim and quite bleak. And usually, usually I don't mind a bit of bleakness, but this was just. It just seemed to go on and on and on of her experiencing bad things and bad things happening to her, and then her doing sort of inexplicably bad things. That towards the end, I was just. I felt a bit. I don't know, I felt a bit disgusted by it, but it was still a very, very effective film and a very, very good piece of story storytelling. And um, it had a lot of ambition, but was still also, I think, very, very realistic. And it was, it was extremely compelling. Um, I think I got really, really drawn in to the story in a way that I don't often get, because I think I don't watch a lot of films and TV that are like this. You know, I skew more towards comedy and inane nonsense than, you know, sort of, crime and thrillers and that kind of thing not that it's like that but part of it felt a little bit to me like a sort of i wondered if it was going to go a bit police procedural which isn't something that really interests me but instead it was all kind of a bit a bit bleak and a bit murdery but also a bit kind of there's a darkness in everyone which is kind of true i guess so it it was philosophical and stuff and yeah i thought it was good overall are you had you you seen it before this
0: yes so i saw it in the cinema when it first came out um and by the way, I, I I realize that this is both the perfect time to watch this movie and the worst time to watch this movie <laughs> because it has just won a BAFTA. It won the best BAFTA. Oh, for, okay. Um, it won the BAFTA for um best new British film. I think it was outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer. Um, it won. Um. And so, you know, good timing on that front. Bad timing on the fact that this is technically our Valentine's Day episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I only realized that yesterday. I was like, oh, oh, dear. We should have chosen something a bit more lighthearted. Well, we
1: were going to do Valentine's Day, weren't we? We were going to do Valentine's Day. Which is lighthearted to the point of being nothing at all. Yes. Um, Well, there's always next year. There's always
0: next year, unless another bleak movie comes out. Or wins awards around Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um So, so Beast is very much my wheelhouse. Um, yes, this is I, extremely your shit. It is. It is my shit, definitely. Um, bleak, unrelenting, horrible. Asks questions that you possibly don't didn't want to have asked in the first place. Um, and I really enjoyed it when I saw it the first time around. I thought it was a, a fascinating piece of cinema, and and one of the best things that I saw last year. Um, and second time around, I was just uh, as captivated in it. Um, and, and, and the whole movie, it's kind of, there's two kind of, uh, strong sort of narrative aspects to it. There is the, um, lovers who are, um, that the outcast lovers who are forsaking society and family. And, and that's a very strong dynamic, but there is also this, this mystery element, as you mentioned before about, about this very brutal murder. Um, and, and these two sort of paths intertwine, um, in a quite uncomfortable way. Um, and it's a very, it's a very uncomfortable film to watch both in terms of the way that, um, our main characters kind of, they act in quite an unnatural way. Um, but also, in a way that feels very human, um, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why it made me so uncomfortable, is because you, it was so human. The the performances were very, very human. The subject matter was very human. You know, you could imagine it happening to you, even though it, bege- it gets sort of a bit more warped towards the end. You could still absolutely imagine it happening to you.
0: Yeah, so, you, so our characters here, we have Mole and we have Pascal, um, Moll is a, um, a a woman who was homeschooled after um, she did something quite awful to uh, um, a, 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 another kid who was bullying her at school, um, and she is in a very sort of protective and quite emotionally manipulative family.
1: Yeah, the the mother is like her performance is absolutely outstanding and the the whole character of the mother and how she manipulates her and makes her feel like she has to look after her dad who i think has alzheimer's and stuff even though there are enough of the rest of the family around to care for him she's kind of always making her feel bad about everything she does but under the guise of love but not in a way that's sort of um horror movie-ish if that makes sense
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the mother played by Geraldine James, who's an, an actor that I absolutely love. She's in um, Utopia, the Channel 4 series. I don't know if you saw that when it was on.
1: I did not. Um, no. She, she's,
0: she's brilliant. So that was around, I think it was around 2013, 2014. Um, all about, it's, it's kind of up your street, but maybe a little bit on the grim side. It's about these these people that they're following this cult classic graphic novel called utopia which is all about um these these mysterious like medical experiments and this underground conspiracy and things like that um and they supposedly find the manuscript to the sequel um but it turns out that everything that's being talked about and everything that's being written about by the comics creator is real so they get sucked into this conspiracy theory of these um these secretive all-powerful organisations that are trying to to manipulate the world. Right. Um, And it's a great show. It's very unique. It has a tone not quite like anything else I've seen before. Um, And it is very vibrant colour-wise. It has a really um, striking sort of cinematography behind it.
1: Oh, it sounds really good. And
0: it's really good. It's a fascinating, brilliant piece of television. And uh, Geraldine uh, James plays a quite prominent role in that. Um. But yeah, so and and again, in this, she's she's brilliant as the mother. Um, the whole family. I mean, this is a movie full of monsters. Yeah. Um, there's very few people in this film. That's that the are, whole that point, nice. isn't it? Who everybody, is who
1: is the titular beast? It's everybody. Yes,
0: everybody's the beast. Um and um, and and everybody's awful. I mean, even even though I mean we'll we'll talk spoilers a little bit later. I'm sure you know. Um, but. Even with every awful thing that people do in this movie the person that I dislike the most is probably still the sister character who <laughs> is just yeah. you know pulls pulls the we're expecting card at someone else's birthday that's an immediate no no that know. is a dick move that's a Absolute proper dick, dick move dick right move. there and then every kind ev- every line of dialogue from the sister is kind of the worst kind of passive aggressive evil um, so that she's probably my least favorite person in the movie, even though you got violent racists, literal murderers. <laughs> it's it's yeah, all crooked bad. Crooked cops. Crooked cops. It's yeah. Um, but but I think there there is this subtlety to it, and the way that it portrays these different characters, and you know, it, it asks that question of how far would someone go for love, and and how far. Uh, Would you be willing to blindly defend someone without knowing what they've done? Um, and, And how much can you get wrapped up in the idea of a relationship that goes against societal norms and things like that? It's a very, I don't know, it's a very impactful film in that way.
1: Yeah, and it follows that thread all the way through right up until basically the very end of the film when she's like, There's always this kind of question mark hanging over him, Pascal, played by Johnny Flynn. It's like, did he do it? Did he commit the murders? And then in the end, she's like, she's kind of already said, like, oh, yeah, I want to run away with you and I love you and everything and whatever. So it's like, well, how far would she go? And then she's like, I want, she kind of doesn't press him, but she's like, did you do it? And then he finally admits it. And then she crashes the car and kills him. (laughs) She strangles him, which that to me was a bit like, whoa, okay, fine. Yeah. I thought there was going to be some redemption, but I guess not. It is called Beast, and it, Beast is written in a heavy metal font. So there you it go. It is written
0: in a heavy metal font. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so in the in the movie, there's these series of of murders of of young girls that are taking place across Jersey. Um, it, it, it's it's vaguely based on the real events of this sex offender. Oh really? Um, in the seventy, I think the sixties and seventies, um, who was called the Beast of Jersey. Right. Um, so it kind of ties into these real events that happened, um, even down to the fact that they blamed it on somebody else, um, and and then it turned out not to be them, and that that kind of stuff. There, there are these kind of story parallels to that.
1: A foreigner, uh, probably.
0: Oh, not not a foreigner um, in 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 this case, but I think the way that it it did tie into. Ideas of xenophobia within Britain um, or within the United Kingdom is, um, is is quite you know quite modern. <laughs> if yeah, it's, but also if it's the, quite um, contemporary for current Britain, isn't it?
1: The mother quizzes him about his name, and she's like, "Oh, is that a Jersey name?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm as Jersey as they come," and it's true. So it's like, and then he makes a joke about like, "What are they all doing here on his land, or whatever?" And they all they're all just like clearly looking down on him, even though he's actually the one with the claim on the land, which actually is yeah so effective about the the british um you know xenophobia and nationalist idea when actually you know we're all you know descended from anglo-saxons who conquered this island however long ago and whatever so you know it's all stupid really but they're judging him even though he's the one who's been there longer
0: oh yeah for sure and i mean like uh the name pascal renouf that's pretty much as jersey as they come isn't it yeah um and and yeah so so it does it does tying quite nicely to it, it has this very jersey feel to it um not jersey sure <laughs> no european not, jersey
1: not, not to be confused with new <laughs> jersey this is old jersey this
0: is old jersey um and and, and it does have that kind of it, it it feels it's very authentic as a movie um not just in with in the way it portrays its characters but also in the way it, it portrays its setting
1: is it supposed to be set in like the 60s or 70s then or
0: no i think it is supposed to be modern day oh
1: that's what that's Um, what i thought but most of like the the cars are relatively old and the houses and the decor and stuff are all relatively old but you know maybe that's just what jersey's like i haven't been Mm.
0: yeah and i I think it's all sort of it's all it's all supposed to to uh convey uh mole's family is very very traditional you know they are church going god fearing uh stiff upper lip folk they do not talk about their feelings. They just get on with things and, and appearances are very, very uh, prevalent in their lives. And And I think she as a character. This outcast is much more open to emotion and much more open to impulse. And so you've got those very heavy clashes um, where they're trying to force her down one path in her life, um, yeah. which she doesn't want to go down. Um, and, and so it, it to begin with it does almost have this kind of romantic feel to it and that's why i thought it would be quite interesting to talk about on this podcast is you know um in another circumstance this would be a um a rom-com wouldn't it <laughs> yes um, As got-
1: it could be yeah if you if you sort of twisted a lot of stuff and it if, you, if you avoided yeah. all the
0: murders <laughs> it would uh, it would be it would be more of a sort of uh, straight up romantic movie about you know he he is a um down on his luck outcast type who doesn't care for for the rules of society uh, she is someone trying to escape from a uh, manipulative family life and they run away together you know that's got all the makings for like star-crossed lovers but instead it shows um that people who are kind of um maybe people are attracted to one another if if they both feel as though they are broken in some way instead
1: yeah definitely Um, and you get the feeling that that's what it's trying to say without doing it too explicitly actually which is good it lets the characterization speak for itself which is really really effective and quite different storytelling to a lot of the films that we watch
0: yes yeah um it's it's, it's an interesting way to talk about this kind of stuff um, where it, they, they have this kind of... Um, so so you, you never get the sense that either of them is exploiting the other for something. Um, it does feel very natural, but at the same time, it feels ve- like a very destructive symbiotic relationship where you can't imagine it ever ending well, even without the events of the, of the film
1: yeah absolutely and you feel like at first a lot of stuff is just happening to her but then because it's all from her point of view there are a lot of scenes where it shows that she actually has a lot of agency but still has all of these bad and twisted things happening to her and that's part of why i guess she is attracted to someone who is twisted
0: yes yeah um and and so um over the course over the course of the movie um just just for the aid of any listeners who 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 you know maybe haven't seen it or and, and aren't interested in seeing it fresh and want to know a little bit more um pascal is um is questioned and arrested over the the murders that are happening um but is eventually released um but over that time period um her mental health starts to deteriorate quite quite massively so she goes to the funeral of one of the girls um, she tries to make amends for. So when she was at school, she, I think uh, quite violently stabbed another student, didn't she? And that's a why she was... With a pair of scissors. Then, with a pair of scissors, which is why she was then taken out of school. So, And she it,
1: claims that it's because she was bullied and it was a retaliation. But then at the end, she admits that she was trying to kill the girl. And she yes, doesn't really exactly. go into any more detail than that, but it's enough that for you to think, okay, wow, maybe she she does have this kind of really dark, twisted side to her personality. That's been being revealed at various points throughout the film, but you you feel compelled by her because it's told from her point of view.
0: Yes, yeah, and and that's the kind of um, I really like it when films do pull the pull the rug out from under you like that, where you are um, watching something and suddenly your perception of what the character is like changes, um, and 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 I think. Um, there is this kind of idea of redemption in this film of being able to overcome a past and, uh, feel shame for it and, and atonement. Um, but it kind of also shows that even if you feel that kind of need to atone for past sins, um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that people have to accept that from you. And even if they continue living their lives, um, you couldn't necessarily just turn around and everything will be okay.
1: Yeah. And also at the end that that's, that kind of comes to a head at the very, very end where you realize that she's been trying to redeem herself and trying to atone her sins, but people still won't really, really let her. So she decides to crash the car and kill the person that she loves instead.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that comes down to, you know, she, she has forsaken everything. So at the, at the end of the movie, they're, they're sitting down for a meal, um, they they've th- th- there's this moment where where Pascal is let is let out of um let out of jail. Uh, they've caught somebody else for the murders. Um, and they they're celebrating. They think, oh, okay, so maybe from this they'll kind of find a resolution. Um, but instead, when she brings it up again, um, he he sort of grabs her by the throat, and you realise that actually this isn't just a um a roguish character here this is actually a clearly a quite violent and scary individual
1: yeah and that's kind of it's very upsetting to watch as well because you want to root for him throughout the film as well you know that the uh the copper guy who fancies her um and is always like trying to get with her he he tells her about pascal's previous convictions and stuff and you're like well because he has an ulterior motive, you're like, I don't know, maybe he's exaggerating or not not lying, but you, you question him and you're like, okay, well, maybe Pascal's okay now because he's showing her love. And because it's from her point of view, as I keep returning to, it's it's really, really good when a film is able to do that, kind of like a novel, you know, when it's like everything, that even if it's written in the third person, it's still from someone's point of view. You feel that she loves him and you feel the love between them. So you want to root for him. But then at the end, it is proven that he does have this this nasty side
0: yeah you uh, you know we're conditioned by movies to root for the underdog aren't we yeah and
1: um, especially the film underdog
0: <laughs> especially the film underdog have you seen um, it uh is that the one of is that the one about the magical dog
1: yes it's yeah. it's a um daxon and he flies around oh no it's not daxon he's like a it's a spaniel yeah. yeah 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 and it's it's a it's a Disney talking dog movie from 2007
0: <laughs> Uh, the magical dog movie okay, the paddy johnston genre of film yeah um that's extremely my <laughs> shit <laughs> exactly um and 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 yeah so so you, you you know you you've watched so many movies over the years where you are rooting for the underdog that's who you are expecting to come out and triumph at the end um and but in this case you know um yes the the policeman is corrupt and yes he has ulterior motives um and and you know by by um, arresting someone else for the murders, they've shown uh, laziness, uh, uh, a xenophobia. Um, but they only reached that point because Mole lied on behalf of Pascal about where he was.
1: Yeah. So she's complicit in the murder as well. She
0: she is complicit in the murder. And so there is this moment of violence from him and suddenly, you know, you feel you feel it in your gut, don't you, when you're watching it, it's like, oh no, this is not going to have a happy ending. Yeah. For and a you're brief like, moment, did she have think?
1: to lie? Could she could she could have just told the truth, but then it's like of course that would have set the wheels in motion in a very different way.
0: Yes, if she had told the truth, he probably would have been appropriately um arrested. <laughs> Um, and his alibi would have been would have been um, would have been completely defunct Um, and and so they're sitting down for this meal well she she wants to leave Jersey altogether she wants to escape the island and go somewhere new Um, maybe Norway and 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 yeah maybe Norway Um, and and he agrees to do it so they're sitting down for this meal and they're talking about it and and she asks him outright you know she, she says that you know we're 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 both the same she says about how she she did try to kill this girl at school um and and he admits it he admits that he is the murderer and and at that point you're like i, I at the first time i watched this i didn't know what was going to happen next you know she, and um and she tries to go back to the police and they're not interested um so so you've got this kind of what's she going to do now is it that she can find solace in the fact that you know, there is this violence behind him. Like there is this violence behind her. um, Or is she going to find a way to, um, to, to, to like get him properly arrested for it. Um, But instead, and it really took me by surprise. It took the entire cinema by surprise. The end of this movie. Um, They're driving along. She asks for a kiss. Whilst he's kissing her, she unbuckles his seatbelt and then, Turns the wheel of their car, crashing it, sending him flying out. And then, whilst he's lying there on the ground, uh, strangles him to death. And then that is the end of the movie, right there. Was there um, a,
1: um, a collective gasp in the outhouse cinema?
0: There was not a collective gasp in the outhouse in the outhouse cinema.
1: <laughs> the outhouse cinema. In, in, in the you, you go outside, in, in you have a poo, cinema. you watch a film. Um, you
0: know exactly. I mean, it's the best of both worlds, isn't it? Um, no, there, there was no gasp, but um there there was definitely a very awkward stunned silence when the movie ended <laughs> yeah um because it does it, it it's a genuinely shocking moment and and it takes quite a lot for a movie to surprise me like that yeah. um and beast really did it and and you know it is it is that whole thing of that's as far as her love could take it she could not be with a a um a murderer of that kind um even and, though and,
1: everything that has led up to that point has led you to believe that she could.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, she she's she has given up everything to make sure that he is safe and that they can be together. Um and, and finding I suppose finding that it's all built on that fabrication and built on the fact that he did it, um, you know, that's that's that final line. That, that has been crossed and and it doesn't go into details about what happens next, whether she explains the situation or whatever you know that is the end of the movie that the resolution of this film is she kills him,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's your redemption, <laughs> that's your redemption and before before he dies he says um you know we're the same, repeating what she'd said to him just like a few minutes earlier, but it's like that doesn't work anymore
0: and and they're you know to be fair, they're not the same. <laughs> There's a there's a difference between a, a flash of violence with a pair of scissors, as as heinous as that is, yeah. and 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 murdering children. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's uh it's a you know it's a pretty big leap and 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 yeah it's it's one of those films I, I found where it was a bit of a gut punch um to watch and and I kind of like those movies. I don't know how you feel about them, but
1: no, but I, I generally I I do enjoy them. Generally, it's just yeah I. I always feel end up feeling a bit overwhelmed by them sometimes.
0: Yeah, and this is a very overwhelming film. If you're if you're in a delicate state of mind, um or you've had a bit of a bad day, don't watch Beast is yeah. what I'd say. Um it is it is unrelenting in its misery, but it does it in it's not done in a way that's, you know, just full doom and gloom. It's a very interesting movie. But if you want something that's going to make you feel good, this is not the film for that.
1: Yeah, it's not a film that feels the need to give you satisfaction, resolution and happy endings, but it does have a resolution of sorts.
0: Yeah, it's got an end. It's <laughs> Yeah. It it ends. There is a finite uh, moment in this movie.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I'll, I think what happens after is that she does go to Norway.
0: Yeah, she just gets up, brushes off the glass, and is like, "Well, I'm going to Norway." And off she trots.
1: See, yeah, uh, yeah, she's Whistle. in like a little little snow house.
0: Yeah, she's in a little snowhouse, and yeah. uh, and that's how, that's how it ends.
1: Yeah, um, but it's good. And yeah, tonally, it's quite it's quite unsettling as well. The music and sound is is very is quite eerie in places. But at the same time, when it shows the scenes of them being in love and doing lover things it's it's quite good and it's really really believable and quite uplifting like the scenes where they're where they're making love and when they're like swimming in the sea together and and all of those kind of things you're like wow this is actually really nice and really believable so that that, that's the kind of thing that sets you up for the punch in the gut i guess
0: yeah there, there are these moments and it it does it does really convey um young love in quite a emotive way um, you, you. I found that you did get lost in the in the romance and the relationship between them.
1: Yeah. Um, but it would always do like a little bit of it, and then suddenly throw you back into some horrible bullshit with their family, just to really drag you back to. Yeah, her.
0: you'd either have um the the mum once again referring to her as her best friend, which is oh, that's, that's it's, cre- really, it's creepy, really creepy. <laughs> um, or you know, another another dream sequence where she's being murdered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which geez. happens a couple of times. It's yeah, it's it's quite something this film. It, it it is kind of it just hits you with moments.
1: The point when she has the dream of like the men breaking into the house with knives. I thought at that point it was just going to turn into a horror film and like I would have been okay with that. But it's it always feels like it's like it could turn that corner into horror at any point, but it doesn't.
0: Yeah, and it's it's got the same kind of atmosphere as some of the most recent sort of alternative horror films. Um that that kind of straddle that line between drama and horror and and art house and horror. Um, it's got this real unnerving quality to it where yeah you, you you can never quite sit comfortably. And part of part of that's the um part of that is the characters and and the dialogue is always quite strange in this film as well. I mean, it feels very real, particularly between Pascal and Mall. I guess totally,
1: sh- it wasn't dissimilar to it follows, which I absolutely mm. loved.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that definitely. It's it's got the same kind of vibe as it follows, or um, a movie that I really loved called "It Comes at Night." It had a very similar tone to that, um, and yeah, it's oh, it gets under your skin, doesn't it, Beast?
1: Yeah, it gets it, under yeah, your skin. Yeah, especially the family stuff, and as well, you could have taken the family aspect of it and turned that into a really, really effective family drama as well. This Like, this could have been, like, a really long television series, almost. This could... There's, like, so... as episodes worth of material in here.
0: There really... There really is. This could have been... I mean, you've got shows like, um... What's the David Tennant show about the murder? Doctor um, Who. Doctor... <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who. Where he's, where he's in the sleepy village. Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this could almost have a kind of Broadchurch dynamic to it, where you've got this... This yep. family dynamic and 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 the overbearing family, this the dominant family force. That you're right. That could fill an entire television show. This this film felt like
1: one of what what I imagine those kind of shows are like. Given that I never watched them,
0: it, it's this is infinitely better than one of those shows. I think because I don't know. It could quite easily have been a television series. You're right, and I think it could have been a fantastic television series. But the way that it it never you get that depth with very little screen time. And I think there's a kind of magic to that um, that maybe would have been lost if you actually broke down the intricacies of it in a more sort of like minute detail.
1: Absolutely. It wouldn't have been as effective. I mean, you just spent the the whole series, six to ten episodes, building up to that gut punch at the end, which is a big payoff. But in between, you probably have to endure loads of stuff about her dad having dementia and her cleaning pascal's house and her singing in the choir and whatever other stuff which is all works fine as small isolated things in the film but yeah it would have been dragged out in those kind of tv shows and i think that's why i don't watch them because i think i'm i would get bored by that stuff
0: yeah i i find that some of them are quite boring and some of them i, I find the plots become quite convoluted as well and i think this that the plot of this is you know it's kind of straightforward there's 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 murders on the island did he do it yeah he did it now he's dead.
1: yeah um she's uh, all right uh, though she's going to norway
0: and she's she's off to norway she's gonna put on her big big uh, fluffy boots and go whistling off into the sunset yeah um i'm the beast i am the beast um be
1: my guest be my best
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and and so um yeah, and, and and it has all of the sort of um, mechanics of that kind of mystery where you've got the red herring characters and everything like that, but it doesn't need it. And and there's such a strong focus on its main two characters that you know you, all, all of the supporting characters they have a depth to them that you very rarely get in a film of this kind, um, and I think it works perfectly as a film. Is it? This is, this is you know, like I said, it's one of the best films I saw last year. It's really good, um, and I don't know, the the fact that this kind of movie isn't the kind of thing that you'd necessarily go back and watch again, but I have been thinking about this film since I saw it. Yeah. And I was really excited to watch it again, and I'll probably watch it another time again, maybe later this year or next year.
1: I feel like it will stay with me, for sure. I only finished watching it today, so it's still very fresh in my mind. And um, yeah, it's definitely going to be rattling around in my brain for a while. Which, you know, I don't think that we could would have been able to say that about Valentine's Day. So, that's a good thing. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think that would have been rattling around in your head for the right reasons. <laughs>
1: no. Isn't Mark Wahlberg in that film? Uh, maybe. <laughs> also, but, well, before I look that up, I just wanted to say when I was on the Wikipedia page for Underdog, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 14% based on 69 reviews.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: although um donald trump did a 69 meme today so everything is bad and everything is cancelled
0: how did uh, i don't want to know do i
1: it genuinely really really upset me
0: he's he's the worst he's just everyone's uncle uncle like distant relative isn't he
1: yep no 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 mark Wahlberg in this film but it has got just about every other actor that exists in it. So so what was Mark Wahlberg doing?
0: What was he doing on Valentine's
1: Day? In 2010. He, <laughs> he wasn't star- co-starring with Taylor Swift in her film debut, I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, mate, you missed out, Mark. Who were you thinking of when you were thinking Mark Wahlberg? Who else is in Valentine's <laughs>
1: Day? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Oh, well, I'll, I'll read you the men. Bradley Cooper. No. Eric Dane, don't know who that is. Pat- <laughs> Patrick Dempsey.
0: Maybe you're thinking of Patrick Dempsey.
1: Uh, I'm going to look at his face. No, 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 no. He's He's got like a sexy doctor vibe. It can't be him. <laughs> um, Hector Elizondo, Jamie Foxx, <laughs> Ashton
0: Kutcher. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking of Ashton Kutcher.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Taylor Lautner, our main wolf boy,
0: <laughs> our main yeah. wolf boy. So, um, so for Valentine's Day, what was Mark Wahlberg up to? So he might have been starring in Date Night, the Tina Fey, Steve Carell, okay movie, um, where who, they. Who was he in that? <laughs> so I think he is. Is he the main? Because that, that's the one where they're off on a date, but they get mistaken for spies or something, don't they?
1: I don't know, but that sounds good <laughs> and bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> um it stars um the main McPoyle from it's always sunny in philadelphia as well oh
1: really okay so
0: ergo it's great and should be seen by everyone um he was also in the other guys that year so he might have been filming the other guys which is a decent enough little comedy movie it's like a uh, have you seen the other guys i have not it's it's like a spoof of a buddy cop movie where Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are the two cops who get teamed up to go and solve a crime, but they're uh, they're, okay. they're the awful cops who get teamed up to solve a crime, whereas the cool ones are the Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Um and, and well, you so know I
1: have a soft spot for Will Ferrell. Yes, yeah, and, and I, it's, a, it's a pretty decent Will Ferrell comedy. Want, want to see the recent Holmes and Watson film that was absolutely panned?
0: I really want to watch it. it <laughs> I want to so... watch it. It we looks should, so dumb funny, and I really watch it. I miss those kind of dumb funny films.
1: Yeah, no, it looks it looks really stupid, and therefore it's probably up my street. And I love John C. Riley as well. I feel like oh, yeah, even even great. with the worst like kind of fartingest dumb gag script, he could probably make it good.
0: All I know is from the trailers they punched Queen Victoria in the face by accident, didn't
1: they? <laughs> Talk and about punching down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, I, and i am fully on board for watching that um yeah I mean, it looks it looks exactly the kind of stupid comedy film that is up my street um uh, uh, the other movie that he was in that year was the fighter um about a man who fights
1: It's <laughs> about a, a fighting man <laughs> he, um, he, he was he was keeping busy
0: he was busy. He was busy that year. It, it wasn't as though he was sitting there waiting for the call to be in Valentine's Day. Um, I think he had other things going on.
1: Oh, well, that's a shame. We'll, we'll get round to watching it eventually.
0: Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, romance is bleak, y'all.
0: It is indeed. <laughs>
1: Shit be real. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Beast is, is very, very good a very very unique and very very interesting film that you should definitely all go and watch unless yeah if you're feeling a bit sad or a bit angry it might not be the best time watch it when you're feeling relatively chill but open to being affected and punched in the gut
0: yes yeah and and it it did get um good award nominations so at the baftas it was also nominated for the outstanding british film of the year um pipped by the favorite which yeah i can see Fair i enough. i think I think I like the favorite more than beast as much as i i love beast
1: yeah the um, the favorite made me howl with laughter, which beast did not you know no. the favorite is a film you can take you can really take a visceral pleasure in and you can't with beast it's a yeah it's almost unfair that they should have to be compared in any way yeah exactly awards.
0: they're they're so different, but which just
1: proves uh, that awards are bullshit. <laughs>
0: But at least in terms of my personal enjoyment of them both, I think I did prefer the favourite.
1: British Academy, um, fuck that award.
0: Big angry fucking trousers awards.
1: <laughs> well, I've won all of those.
0: <laughs>
1: for my giant bum.
0: <laughs> for your giant angry chinos. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, so it, you know, it's got good recognition. I think it's great that it won um, the award for, for you know, best newcomer that's a great achievement and i think fully deserved um it's rare that you see a film like this from a from you know a newcomer that's really as impactful as this is
1: so was it it's written and directed by michael pierce who i do not know was it his first film
0: so it was his first feature yeah um having a little look at his his back catalog it was um shorts before that so and and one episode of a television show and so this is his first you know feature length um film and you know what an achievement with your first
1: yeah like hats off to him for that because uh, it's really really competent
0: yeah it's great really really great film
1: comes across as very very experienced
0: yeah and so so i'm excited to see what happens next from him
1: Yeah. And I think a good cast of people who are not necessarily that well known, but a couple of recognizable faces in there like Johnny Flynn. You might recognize him. He's been in a few things. You might have known him as a singer, but he's not like a household name. Um, Jesse Buckley was off some reality TV show and then she's got some quite interesting credits, but not a household name in any way but still what oh, was she
0: off a... What TV show was she off?
1: It was one of those ones where it's like a musical sing-off to do a part in a musical.
0: Oh, where you've got to be um, the multicoloured dream coat. Yeah. One of those kind of ones.
1: It was the one for Oliver twist i was gonna say oliver and company which is
0: a <laughs> brilliant film oh you gotta love oliver and company um yeah so, so i know Jessie buckley she's in taboo um, which is a really great tv show um written by tom hardy and story, uh, starring tom hardy
1: wasn't was, that the really silly like magic medieval one that got panned and cost loads of money
0: um it wasn't medieval i think it was set um in the it was set in the early 1800s oh right. and there's, and there's like these weird overtones of like voodoo magic in it but it's never really explained as to whether it's real or not um and it's it's this really bizarre drama um with with these moments of violence and these moments of intrigue I absolutely loved it um and and I think a lot of people went into it thinking oh it's Tom hardy he's gonna punch someone in the face and it'll all be cool but it wasn't that at all <laughs> and it was a really interesting intricate little sh- uh, series and i think they're working on a second season at the moment um but yeah she she's in that and again is great in that um er- oh everybody... she was
1: in the war and peace with them um, she was in War oh, and Peace. Know, yep. that's where i recognize her from
0: um yeah so she she's she's been in some interesting stuff um and you know i think this is a really very rarely given the sort of um the, the, the real sort of starring role but I think here she's she's taken that opportunity and really done something great with it
1: yeah absolutely she's she very very good in this especially as you know she's in pretty much every single scene if not I think every single scene anyway and it, yeah it's her story and uh, so the camera is so often just fixed on her face while she's trying to tell tell a lie or work something out or just kind of generally try to deal with all the shit that's being thrown at her and her her facial expressions and all that, yeah. Really, really good. Absolutely nailed it.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine anybody else in this film. And and that's kind of the the crowning achievement you can give to someone's performance, that you can't think of how it could be improved by someone else being there or how it could be equaled by someone else being there. Um genuinely phenomenal performance here. Yeah. Absolutely. and johnny johnny flynn is great as well i think the entire cast does a really good job
1: he's very good um, it's the first thing that i've um seen him in i think even though he's done quite a few things i only knew him as a singer who i thought his music was okay but it was always a bit kind of you know he was part of the Mumford set and i was a bit like eh, whatever but I i think his performance in this was very very good and it's made me see him in a new light
0: see i don't think i know his music at all
1: Rob Sherman um, was quite was quite a fan.
0: Back oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Shout out to Rob Sherman. Yeah. love you, Our
1: friend. Yeah. Friend of the podcast.
0: Literal friend of the podcast, Rob Sherman. Yeah. Who um, will
1: never hear this because he doesn't listen to anything. He only he only consumes <laughs> media that's carved into trees. <laughs> or ha- go, howled on the wind. I'll
0: go. I'll go. I'll go make a. a a uh, carving for him, and I'll shout it from the top of a mountain.
1: Yeah. Um. So the, the carrier <laughs> pigeon.
0: Um. But but yeah So so Johnny Flynn, I saw him in. He's in Les Misérables, the new TV series that's based on the book rather than the musical.
1: I'm not watching that fucking um. shit. <laughs> if it what doesn't saw, have, do you hear the people sing in it? It sucks.
0: What I saw of it was actually very good. Oh really? Um. Yeah, it was decent. But apart from that, I'm not sure if I've seen anything else that he's been in. Um, apart from this and the Cineworld adverts, which he does. <laughs> um, he's
1: he's in some theatre in the West End at the moment, I think, as well, with a bloke off Game of Thrones. And apparently he's very good in that. I can't remember is, what the play is.
0: He, he's also going to star as David Bowie in a yes. David Bowie movie.
1: And I think that's great. Great casting. Why not?
0: Yeah, because I think it's going to be quite a different kind of um, film to what you would... Med- to what you would expect where it's about a very specific time in David Bowie's life where it's the first time that they're visiting the United States um before the Ziggy Stardust era um so I think taking a much more um uh a, a much more uh, focused look on something like that is a bit of a different way from doing the usual biopic and it stars um your man Mark Maron who I think you like
1: yeah yeah um, yeah he's great
0: and um, and Jenna Malone's in it as well, who who's someone that I like too. So I think there's a you know there's a lot of potential behind that.
1: Huh. Sounds great.
0: Um, but yeah, so that that's one to watch. And you know, just remember that he was in Beast, and Beast is great.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um. So so, do you have anything else to to share about Beast?
1: Uh, no. I I think it's um I think it's a very a very very good and very um very competent film. In a lot of different ways, and different to a lot of the stuff that we um, that we talk about. So, thank you for dropping it in. It was a real. It was something of a palate cleanser, I guess. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good.
0: Yeah, a, a bit. Yeah, something, something to a very bitter palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like um, like rhubarb. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or a gooseberry.
0: Yeah, this is the gooseberry of movies. A,
1: a cinematic gooseberry. <laughs> <laughs> like, now the gooseberry sounds like that's the kind of horrible bitter fruit that's probably native to the british isles oh,
0: i'm sure it is actually you know what i wonder let, let's let's do a little bit of research foods native yeah. to britain
1: well um pork pies don't count
0: no i bet that they don't
1: stuff that actually grows here they don't yeah just, stuff like, that stuff that actually trees it's because na- Go- british cuisine
0: is going to be full of stuff that we've just stolen from other places
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what actually grows in the ground here? Like, as you say, apart from turnips and racism. (laughs)
0: Because if you look at, like, traditional British food, it's going to be things like fish and chips, which fish and chips um, was um, brought to the UK by Portuguese refugees fleeing um, the Inquisition. Yep. Um, So you can't have fish and chips. Sorry, guys, that's from Portugal. Maybe peas pudding. Do you reckon peas pudding is... uh... That sounds like the kind of thing that might be.
1: Uh, peas come from Russia, don't they?
0: But peas is made not from peas, isn't it? Peas pudding is um, a different kind of like um, pea type thing. It's like yellow peas or split peas.
1: You know. You know what? I've never really looked into it. Strangely, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough, <laughs>
0: you're, t- you're telling me that you've never uh, you've never enjoyed a good piece of peas pudding with some gammon.
1: <laughs> Strangely not, no. <laughs> None British listeners who don't know what peas pudding is, or even probably British listeners don't know what peas pudding is. It's spelled P E A S E, and it's like a horrible dessert. Like, It's, it's, no, it's, no, not, it's, not, it's not a, it's not not a, a dessert. dessert. It's a savory. No, it's a savory.
0: Um, it's like the British version a, of hummus, I orange, suppose, isn't it? Weird orange it's like paste. this weird orange yeah. gunk. Um, it's that, really yeah. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> i've had it before and it was fine i wouldn't say that it's the best thing i've ever had but it uh, wasn't as hey. bad as i thought it was going to be
1: it's not as bad as turnips it's no, it's kind of no. like swede paste almost isn't it
0: yeah well it's made out of um i think it's split peas the um, a, sw-
1: a swede is like a turnip but somehow even worse because it's orange <laughs> <laughs> or what is it is that what the americans call a rutabaga
0: yeah that's a rutabaga isn't yeah,
1: it yeah fucking disgusting they should <laughs> stay in the ground where they belong.
0: <laughs> um, because yeah, I don't know where split peas come from. Maybe maybe they're not. Let's...
1: What, what even is a split pea? Isn't well, it's it like just a, a little a pea split in half. Well, no, because it, it's it's like
0: a it's, it's a yellow pea rather than rather than the green peas that we normally have over here.
1: Right, a yellow pea. Actually, uh, on the, the list of like related things at the top of the Google image search, we have got we got savoy. Now saveloy oh, is a British food that I will defend to the death.
0: Saveloys are the best kind of sausage that you get from a chippy.
1: Savoloy is extremely good. So yeah, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's like a quite a quite seasoned sausage that's like weird it's this like really weird pink colour. It looks horrible, but it tastes amazing.
0: Yeah, they're awesome saveloys.
1: Yeah. where the name Savoy comes from, I do not know.
0: I, I genuinely cannot find anything here about f- foods that are actually grown in Britain. So, as far as I'm concerned, there are no <laughs> there are no foodstuffs that are truly native to these isles.
1: So, what um, you're saying is we are all going to die.
0: We're literally Brexit. all going to die. No, oh, no, it's no,
1: going to no. be fine because the NHS is stockpiling body bags.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got to love that. Um, yeah, that was that was news I didn't need to see today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Having just watched a very, very bleak film. Yeah I, didn't, hear that, I d- yeah. I didn't
0: need to know that the NHS is stockpiling body bags in case things go bad for Brexit. Yeah.
1: Literally. They'll it'll be fine guys. There'll be adequate food and enough body bags for all.
0: <laughs> Although now they're scaling back on the adequate food. <laughs> but hey, if you die, you're gonna have a body oh, bag. Oh yeah,
1: wasn't there something about banning eating dogs? Did yes, I read that yeah, correctly? They- they have looked hell. into
0: the legislation. Well, I think there's already legislation that says don't eat dogs. Right, but they, <laughs> so, were, lo- they, they so were they were looking they've at They've looked it again. into
1: the legislation about eating dogs, yeah. but not about not ruining the economy.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 we're taking back control, Paddy. What are you, some kind of you know, some kind of non-patriot?
1: Yes, oh sorry, sorry for talking Britain Get out. down.
0: Get out, you Euro fascists. <laughs> Don't why don't go. you just I'm, leave?
1: I'm gonna go to Portugal and eat fish and chips.
0: <laughs> why don't Why don't you make like Britain and leave?
1: Yeah, I will. I'm gonna go to Norway. <laughs> or should I say Norway plus?
0: Norway plus plus plus.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Fuck Brexit, man. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm, I'm so it's fucking stressing sick of me out it. so much.
1: It's the fucking worst. Fuck all of the people who voted for it and fuck all of the people (laughs) who, you know, who continue to drag us down the path towards this cliff edge. You know, all of the people who believe in this as a nostalgic, you know, fever dream based on myth. It's bollocks. It's all complete bollocks. And I have no time for it.
0: I just hope that people find a true love for their country. Whilst they're eating their next-door neighbour's cat over a fire pit. <laughs>
1: their next-door neighbour's cat rolled into a pink sausage casing so it looks like a saveloy.
0: <laughs> Served up with <laughs> peas pudding. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> they're just there. And then and then the national anthem gets blared out of the mandatory speakers that are now above every house. Which yeah. just has... It there's has... money
1: for those, but not for food.
0: Yeah, that that's what's going to happen. There's going to be, you know, every hour they play the national anthem, you have to stand and salute and cry as you sing, God save our great Teresa.
1: And there's like dogs walking around everywhere and peeing on everything, but you can't eat them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because they thankfully managed to get that piece of legislation through.
1: Yeah. That's the only one that could get through Parliament. Maybe let's not eat dogs. Co-signed? <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: And for once, can you imagine uh,
1: taking that one to the Queen. I mean, as you know, I'm not a royalist, but I, I still do think that there's there some level of decorum that might be compromised by taking a bill to the Queen and going, "Oh yeah, can you can you just um, can you sign this one, please, you madge? It's about not eating
0: dogs." <laughs> Oi, Queenie, sign this, or people are going to eat your corgis.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the doggy as well. They they they're not, <laughs> they're not fussy because <laughs> you know one of the Queen's corgis is a doggy.
0: What's a doggy?
1: Cross between a Dachshund and a Corgi. Oh, mate,
0: that sounds amazing.
1: It wasn't supposed to be there, but on a royal visit, a Dachshund about a Corgi, and the rest is history.
0: There should be a movie about that. Where's the biopic about the under yeah. underdoggy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the film that I need to make.
0: <laughs> that, that that's where we need to go with this.
1: Yep, yeah, definitely down the the road to hell. As Chris, as Chris Ria would have it.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, have we got anything else to share? What no, I don't think so. Be-
1: Beast is very good. You should watch it.
0: Yeah, go watch Beast. So, so how are we going to score this? Um, How many rabbits do you bludgeon to death at <laughs> the butt end of a rival?
1: Oh, yeah. There's a bit where, like, she won't shoot the rabbit. Or, like, she doesn't she- want to... Yeah, she shoots the out rabbit, out but, it, misery, but, but then she can't she put it out, out of its misery. It, yeah,
0: and it's really horrible and distressing, and I did not like it.
1: It is, it is nasty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so how many of those out of twenty, Paddy?
1: Um, let's see. I'm gonna give it fifteen rabbits out of twenty. Fifteen rabbits. That's yeah. a good score. It's, it's, it's a good score considering that it's yeah, it's not something that I would normally watch. So thanks for you know expanding my horizons. But yeah, so it, it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult film to love. But it's extremely effective and competent and very well made and very very affecting and hats off to everyone involved.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to go one higher. I'm going to go for a 16. Um, this film made me feel uncomfortable and I liked it. Um, and it's it's a really effective film, so I highly recommend. If you're as long as you're not in a weak moment, if you're feeling like you and you've got a bit of strong stuff behind you and you've got that emotional energy to put into a film that makes you feel bad, um, go and watch Beast. It's a really quite something special.
1: Yeah. yeah. If, make sure you've got your peas pudding on hand for a light snack.
0: Yeah. Make sure you got your peas pudding and your saveloy and your turnips.
1: Yeah. Do not watch this film without a saveloy.
0: You need at least two saveloys and one vat of peas pudding.
1: <laughs> yep. But you know, this, this film is a thing that is British that is good. And that's also true. a very, true. very good, a very, very good thing at a time when most British things are rubbish. This is a British thing that is very good. As is the favorite, actually.
0: Yes, yeah, we've got some, we've got some good British stuff.
1: Yeah, although Yorgos Lanthamos is Greek, but it's it's still a British-made film.
0: Yes, yeah. Um. So, so what are we going to be watching next, Paddy?
1: Well, this weekend. We happened to watch a Canadian indie film called *The New Romantic*, and it was a very, very interesting film. So, I would like to discuss that. So, I've already seen it, but I want you to watch it.
0: Cool. Okay. It came I, out last year. I don't year. know it.
1: I don't think it got a cinematic release here. Um, just had a limited release in Canada, but it's um, it's 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 interesting. I won't say any more than that, but it's 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 different and deals with some interesting contemporary subject matter.
0: Is it about the new romantic movement?
1: Sadly not. No, I was hoping it would just be, yeah, it would just be Spandau Ballet. (laughs) Just adamant. Yeah. yeah, Asking you to stand and deliver whilst (laughs) holding a banana.
0: (laughs) Ah, mate. Not out of 20. Not enough adamant.
1: Yeah. Are you you adamant about that?
0: I am adamant.
1: (laughs) Adamant great guy
0: yeah underrated i think
1: yeah it, he's sort of been a bit forgotten hasn't he he's he's not yeah. thought of as up there with like bowie or you know similar sort of sexy men who did who did pop music for a time but mm. he's um he was very very big for a while and has sort of faded out hasn't he
0: yes yeah which i think is a shame because some of his work was um was was really interesting actually
1: yeah my old housemate Allods, whenever he DJ'd, would play the song "Goody Two Shoes," which was a very, very good song. I always used to get down to that.
0: Ah, cool. Which so your was a personal song favorite.
1: About how Adam Ant didn't really drink or smoke, but and then in one of the interviews would be like, you oh, yeah, you don't drink, you don't smoke, so he wrote this song about how he doesn't do those, but it said just has a lot of sex."
0: <laughs> so I really love Ant music. I think Ant music is is one of my favorite yeah. songs of the era.
1: <laughs> it's a good.
0: Um, anyway, right, shall we uh, call it a day?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's good. I have to go and do some angry sleeping. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, th- thanks for recommending Beast. And we'll be back next week to talk about the film, The New Romantic. Um, as always, um, you can get in touch with us on the email, bigboysdontcrypodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at bigboysdontpod. Um, if you have any thoughts on any of the films or any recommendations, always do love to hear them. And if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It genuinely does really really help. And we'll be back next week. And just thanks a lot for listening. You're you're great. You you're a very good person. If you're British, you're a thing that is good that is British that is good.
0: Yeah, we love you. We love yeah. you, the side of Britain that listens to our podcast. Yeah, you're yeah. good.
1: You're very good. Well done. <laughs> Take a day off.
0: Yeah, go go put your feet up.
1: Yeah, go chill. You've earned it. <laughs> Sit, d- right. sit down with a saveloy and a peas pudding. get
0: your peas pudding out. You deserve it. Go down to peas pottage with your peas pudding. <laughs> get yep. your saveloy. Have a good time. Yep. You've
1: earned it. All right. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Saveloy.
0: Savaloy.
1: <laughs> it's like oi oi saveloy.